You're listening to That's the Industry Podcast, episode number 29. Today, you're going to learn how to find your side hustle and master it. My guest today is an entrepreneur and music producer, and his side hustles total up to over six figures a year. Listen up. You're listening to That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. The podcast that takes you inside all the aspects of the entertainment industry. Directly from the people who are making it happen. And now, your host, Thomas Jordan. What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here for another episode. Today, we are talking to a music producer and entrepreneur. He also has a YouTube channel that has more than 23,000 subscribers. Ladies and gentlemen, Nicholas Bazo, aka Crackalack. What's going on, man? Hey, man. How are you? Doing well, man. Doing well. Uh, We'll just jump right into it, man. I know you do a lot of music producing, so I really want to know how you got started in the industry. Yeah, so I started, um, I I was still in high school, and honestly, it was just, I would say, a a hobby. You know, at that age, I was 15, and I, I had a friend. He started rapping and making beats he told me i should try it too it was fun so i just tried it um i around that age this is like going into our junior year i realized i I wasn't going to be in the nba or you know professional athlete or anything so i that was when i stopped playing sports as well was my junior and senior year and uh, i got really into working out and then making beats and making songs so I was an artist myself from like 15 to about 22, 23, and over that time span, I had did, uh, you know how when people say, if I had my own studio, that's all I'd do. I'd live in the studio. I'd eat, breathe, sleep, and shit studio and making music and making beats, so that's what I actually did. So every single day, I made a beat, made a song, mixed a song every single day. And I put out 16 full-length albums, I think three projects, um, yeah, just a, a lot of music. And what I took from it was I got really good at making beats. I got good at recording and mixing songs. I learned how to shoot videos because I was what today is my customer, you know, an artist. So an artist, they need beats. They need recording, mixing, mastering. They need a videographer. They need a graphic designer to do the artwork. So I learned how to do all of those things from doing it for myself. And I also took away that being an artist wasn't for me, like the the guy in the spotlight. um, I could never find my voice. So after trial and error that many years and around the same time I found out I was going to have a kid, I was thinking, you know what, now is the perfect time to maybe not focus on being an artist. Let's take a break from it, whether I come back in a month, come back in a year, come back in two years. But right now, there's a lot of people that have heard my music that are asking, dude, your uh, your beats are really good. How much would you charge to do beats for me? Hey, man, your quality is really good. What studio do you go to? Oh, well, what would you charge to record and mix my songs? Hey, what would you charge to do a video for me? So I, I turned into you know, the, the one-stop shop for artists, you know, whatever service they need. And so that's what I do today. 
I think that's super cool, man. Like, yeah. And was it hard to kind of, you mentioned, you know, being an artist, being in the spotlight, which is what a lot of people want, but was it hard for you to kind of take a step back a little bit? Yeah. Like I always tell people, it's not that I was an attention whore by any means, but it was like, man, I I just pictured the behind the scene guys. Like no one cares about them. This was like my perspective was like, Mm -hmm. Picture a uh, big, fat, bearded warlock <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> like, that was the image that came to my head for, like, the guy behind the scenes, the cameraman, the the guy that's clicking record and mixing the song, the guy that's making the beats that no one knows. And I didn't want to be that guy. I was like, man, I like, you know, uh, getting fresh or getting a haircut and, you know, when it's a video shoot and things like that. So that's when I started vlogging was when I – strictly became like the behind the scenes stuff so i was like i'm gonna vlog and i'll document the journey and i'll put the spotlight on the behind the scenes stuff so that way i can still have like my own tv show it'll be crackalack tv and i'll just show people all the different shit that i do that's the behind the scenes stuff and and show them that making beats is interesting and, and shooting videos is interesting and mixing songs and you know so i've done that vlogging for about eight years now yeah, man, you've been crushing it. You, uh, your consistency is crazy. It's awesome. But I got to ask, where did the name Crackalack come from? Honestly, it, it was almost like making fun of myself in the very beginning. So being white, uh, my best friend was black, and he had a cool-ass name. His name was Tyler Reed. So his artist name and his nickname was Treed, like the T from Tyler, then Reed. And everyone yeah. called him that. And my name is Nicholas Bazo. I was thinking everyone just calls me Nick. Like, so if typically the typical name would have been like Nick Money, Lil Nick, Young Nick, Nicky Beats, Nick B, some sort of name like that. And mm-hmm. I used to wish that that was my name because I was thinking, man, that was cooler because, <laughs> you know, when I was an artist and I was in Detroit and different you know, very hood venues and I'm performing. And then, you know, how it goes is before you perform and after you perform, there's lots of networking and people come up to you and, you know, you meet people. And so every time I would have to say Crackalack, they'd be like, Hey, what's good, bro? What's your name? And I'm like, Crackalack. Like, Crackle what? Crackalack. Crackalacka? It's it's Crackalack. You know, I used to be so insecure about it and fucking hate it. But fast forward to today i love it it's very unique i should be the only crackalack that you've ever heard or seen and uh it's it's very unique and, and i've learned that from the business mindset of you know standing out and so crackalack i think is going to catch your attention more than little nick young nick nicky b something like that you know yeah, something that's already been done and that everybody kind of just like you know like you said just kind of like copies a little bit yeah cliche yeah so real quick when you say detroit downtown are we talking like what you just said almost reminded me of eight mile and like how eminent is it was it just like that can you paint that picture yeah pretty similar picture you know eight mile eminem and then that's kind of how the name came about so my best friend because i was like dude i'm white i'm not eminem something that was like my mindset at that you know 15 years old and he was like 
why don't you do what Eminem did in 8 Mile and kind of like make fun of yourself? So I'm like, all right, I'll be Cracker, the, the white rapper or something. And I actually went by Cracker, like C-R-A-C-K-A, for like a couple months. And then when I started messing with beats, I knew I needed to have like some sort of producer tag, like Crack Beats, Cracker Beats. And, and so one day I just said, crack a lack on the track and i thought it was the coolest shit i've ever thought of and i just <laughs> ran with it and then in high school you know like going through the hallways the the certain circle of ours that that listened to our music and stuff they'd be like crack a lack on the track crack a lack on the track so i just kind of ran with that right there dude that's crazy man <laughs> um <laughs> do, do you but uh to kind of go back though when you first started do you have do you by any chance still have your first beat laying around somewhere man I, so i asked my friend we still talk to this day and um it was all on his he had like this dell computer that his parents got him for christmas and that's like where all of our original beats and songs when we first started out was stored on that computer and he said that his parents have it somewhere in their basement he was going to check for me because i was thinking that would be really cool today even just for like a youtube video like reacting to my first beat ever made but uh yeah i gotta get back with him to see if he has that i know i have beats of mine from like um so if we started in 2013 i graduated in 2006 so i have beats that i made from like 2005 2006 but those super 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 beginning 2003 ones that were absolutely terrible i would love to like hear those and then also showcase those to because i started doing a lot more of the tutorials so you're you're attracting a lot of beginner level people that are looking up those how-to tutorial videos and a lot of them have you know an insecurity where they feel like man i suck and i know i suck so i don't even want to get started yet or so it's just i think it'd be a good way for me to show like look you see me today and you know i'm nowhere near where i want to be but you guys are looking to me you know to get the advice in the free game so look, I suck too. And this is how bad I sucked. And and my suck was probably worse than your suck. So <laughs> we all suck one day. <laughs> <laughs> and when, and I, I think that can apply to every industry. Um, but when do you think you started to, cause you said you started at a very young age. When did you really start to kind of come into your own, uh, as a music producer and were like, you know, basically stop sucking if you will. Yeah. Um, so I know when I was about 19, so about three, four years in, um, I had gotten good enough at beats and recording and mixing to where I started getting my first few customers that weren't just like my circle of friends that I was the guy that was making the beats for the, the you know, the, the hangouts and stuff like that, where I was actually getting some people to pay for beats. And I remember, you know, sitting there going through my best beats and playing them for the artists and then, you know, looking over to see if they're nodding their head and stuff. And then like just seeing that reaction and like in the music industry, the ultimate compliment you can get is the ugly face. And if you get an artist to make the ugly face where they're like, ew, this is this, what, what, what am I listening to? Then, you know, it's like something really good. So the ugly face is good. Am I it's understanding good. that correct? It's good. The <laughs> ugly face is good. Yeah. It, it'd be like, if you heard a beat that was like, holy shit this is so hard like what and they make the stank face like oh, okay 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 i gotcha i gotcha 
Yeah. I, that dude, that, that's awesome. And when do you remember when uh, when you made your first dollar as a music producer? Um, right after high school. So I was I was eighteen. Yep, and, and I knew that I didn't want to do anything else. So it was honestly just like meeting the first guy at a party that said he does music too, and you're like, oh, well, I got a studio. So then they come to the studio, and then yeah just playing some beats and oh i can get this beat well no i I sell beats and i was thinking like oh shit i just said that out loud i sell beats and then that led to how much do you want it was like five dollars and then he pulled out like a 10 i gave him five back and i'm like yep i'm making money (laughs) doing this shit (laughs) five dollars all day five dollars yep dude and and then it just kind of went from there. But how, like, nowadays, how have things changed and how has your income changed uh, from making beats now? Yeah, so over the years, like like I always say, if you don't evolve, you dissolve. So I've evolved. So it started off with, you know, me trying to be a rapper, but at the same time, making beats, recording, mixing songs. And I did that until about 23 from about 18 to 23 those five years i was making just enough money off of selling beats to my small clientele and recording and mixing their songs and then i started doing videography like uh music videos and stuff when i was about 23 and i I started a cd duplication company and man at one point so Again, I'm I'm 31 today. When I was 26, the CD duplication company, and that's just me. That's just me in my basement. I was a six-figure company, so that was five years ago. And uh, that's just, yeah, the CD duplication. I would say a year to two years ago, uh, Crackalack in general became like a six-figure company. Um so yeah, I, I now own a recording studio in Lansing, Michigan. It's called Crack House Recording Studio. I got two guys that uh I, I work with there that, that do sessions and um that all happened in the last couple of months. So a lot of things that are gonna be happening over the next two years stemmed from this quarantine. So this quarantine for me was a blessing. It it was finally uh you know how if if you've ever wished man, I wish I could just kind of pause life for a second and get caught up and get my shit together and then press play again on life. And and that's what quarantine, it was like the first two weeks was me just catching up on things. And then I was caught up for like the first time in eight years. And I'm thinking, holy shit, studio's going to be shut down, they're saying, for a whole nother month. I'm not going to shoot a music video for a whole nother month. Man, all I have is time right now. I'm going to utilize the fuck out of this time. So... I just started doubling down, like, what are all the things that I knew, that I know that I wanted to do, that I could do, that I should do, I just didn't have the time to do it. And I just started setting up these businesses, and at the same time, prior to quarantine, every single studio session that was done at my studio was me sitting in the studio. And as I started putting these opportunities in place, I realized how much more valuable my time is it, doing the things that I was doing outside of just sitting in the studio. In, in, in the studio, it's cool. It's an hourly rate. But, uh, yeah, I started doing, you know, one-on-one coaching calls. I started, um, 
getting into developing those courses, uh, putting out more helpful tutorials on YouTube, realizing that um, you don't have to be like the best producer in the world to teach other people how to make beats. You don't have to be the best music video director in the world to teach people how to you know, shoot music videos. You just have to be better than the average person at doing it, and then you can teach them how to do it. So there's a lot of things that are like being set up even still to today that, you know, are, are going to be rolling out this year that I'm very excited about that are all business ventures and stuff like that. Well, it's funny you say that, you know, quarantine was a blessing. I was just talking to somebody the other day about that. And I'm all, I've always been a glass half full type guy and yeah. just where there were a lot of people see a problem, I see an opportunity. And, you know, it's tragic, you know, obviously with the effects of COVID and everything, but it's like you said, it's just brought so much opportunity to the table. You made a great example of like, you know, we always wish we can pause life and thing. And that's kind of what we've done. And I think a lot of people are, you know, getting to, you know, work on other projects or start businesses that they could have. But the reason that I really like what you do is because I swear you have mastered the side hustle. You have side hustle on side hustle. You know, you sell your beats, which provides, you know, a revenue source. And then you do CD duplication and, uh -huh. you know, video and, all like video, you do YouTube, everything you, you do your courses, but real quick though, what do you, when you say CD duplication for myself, cause I, I don't know what that is. Okay. Gotcha. So let's say you're in a band or you're a rapper or you're a country singer or you're a church and you want to get actual copies that you can like sell at a table at your shows. You have to find a company that does CD duplication. So by CD duplication, I have machines that I load up CDs and click start and it'll automatically pick up a CD, burn it, pick up a CD, print people's names on it, spit it out. And then I'll sit there and put the CD inside of a case, um, you know, print off the CD cover, you know, with their face on the front, face on the back and put, put it all, package it in a case. So that package picture, you just bought a mixtape off a rapper at the mall or uh, a CD from church on sunday like that cd case that you're holding that's what i mean by cd duplication it's like getting actual hard copies of your music i got you i got you just to when i first heard you say that it reminded me of uh i don't know if you remember this but when napster was like a thing uh, uh -huh. and i was one of the first people in my school to be making basically mixed tracks of oh, like, okay. you know, people would like give me lists and I'd charge them like 10 bucks. I thought it was like the coolest thing ever, but then everybody caught on and yeah, that, that went away slowly or quickly, I should say. But that's kind of what I was thinking ever had to do with burn CD, but that's, that, man, how did you, how did you discover that? Because it, that kind of goes back to, to me starting out as the customer, you know, it, it led to me evolving, like understanding the customer's needs. So when I was an artist and after I, let's say I made 15 beats, I made 15 songs, so I recorded mixed 15 songs, then what? What comes after this? It's a finished album. Okay, you need to do a photo shoot and get the CD cover. All right, so that's when I started learning about cameras and the 
shutter speed and ISO and all that shit. Learn how to use a camera to take the pictures. All right. Now, how do I get like text on the picture so that I actually have a cover or the parental advisory stuff? Started learning how to use Photoshop. Got into graphic design. All right. Now I have my design. I have my music done. How do I actually get like CDs? So my first maybe three CDs was like <laughs> I went to Office Max and they had this uh, sticker thing like a I don't know. You'd print on this paper sticker yep. stuff and then just press it onto the CD and you know then if it got wet it would ruin it or whatever. So my first few CDs were like that and I would go to like the local FedEx or Office Max and and get the covers printed and then buy a 100 pack of cases and when local artists seen that I had copies pressed up then they would ask you know, how much would you charge to get copies of my CD? So then I'd start thinking, well, cases cost me about 20 bucks for a hundred pack. I know the CDs cost me about 15 bucks for a hundred pack. So I'm at 35. Uh, now, now this is once I bought an actual duplicator to print directly on the disc. And I was thinking, okay, I got about $3 in ink on the disc. We're at 38 cents. The covers cost me about 12. So we're at 50 cents. Well, maybe I could double my money. I'll charge them a hundred dollars for a hundred copies. And I'll make 50 bucks doing it. Now I'm doubling my money. And then I, at this time, business was still slow where I was considering getting a job. Like it would slow down and I would start thinking, oh, shit, man, I, I need money. Maybe now's the time to put in some job applications. Like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And then, boom, my phone would start ringing again. And so it kind of went back and forth with that for a long time up until about – Eight years ago is when it was consistent enough to where, like, it never slowed down even close to me thinking about getting a job. And do you approach all your side hustles and businesses like that where it's like you immediately start to break down the margins? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I and Being an entrepreneur, you have to with your time. And so that's all I've been doing lately is, well, man, it, this guy, you know, his budget for the music video is this even though that's under way under what I want and what I would charge for a music video. Let me just think about it for a second. That's 30 minutes away, 30 minutes back. We're at an hour. What if I come super organized and I could shoot his video in and out in two hours? All right. Now I'm at, you know, three hours. And what if I gun to my head style, edit the video as fast as I can be super focused, have headphones on, drink some caffeine before. Uh, okay. I'm looking at five, six hours. And if it is a, uh, you know, I don't want to throw a number out, but whatever the number is, like, okay, we're still talking a hundred something dollars an hour. Like, it, it still is worth it if I break it down. Now, ideally, if I'm too busy and too overwhelmed, I don't want to cram some shit in like that. I want to take my time. And, and so, not to get off topic, but that's why with music videos, like, my prices have went up a lot over the last two years. And it was because, honestly, three years ago, I was still shooting like 300 to 500 dollar music videos. And then two years ago, it was more like $500 to $700 music videos. And it it was always at those price points. Like I was doing almost 100 videos a year <laughs> on top of like studio stuff, CD duplication, beats. So I was I was uh, getting very um, burned out, burned out. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, burnt out on music videos where 
it was almost like while I'm shooting your music video, you're like, and I got 13 other ones I want to shoot. And I was like, holy shit, bro. I'm trying to make it through this one, being creative <laughs> and come up with some ideas. We're limited on this $500 budget, $600 budget. And you're telling me right now, like, yep, as soon as this one's done, I want to do another one. I got 13 on deck. So it just showed me, like, charge more and then put more into the video. And then, like, let's say that same artist that wants to shoot 13 videos. At $500, yeah, he, he could probably afford to shoot 13 videos in the next few weeks. But you still want to, I don't know, like, I've, I'm learning a lot more about balancing my lifestyle and I've been the guy that's always not been money hungry, but, you know, been business oriented. Like, don't turn down money. You know, you don't want to say no to too many people, but it's like what it costs is like your happiness and your sanity and your family time. And, you know, if I say yes to so many people, then I have so many videos that I have to edit. So then if I'm sitting on the couch with my daughter trying to have two hours of downtime, I'm I'm there, but it's like I'm not mentally there because my mind is just, dude, you got this many videos to edit, this video, this video, this video. You still got to call these three people back to go over ideas for their videos. You have two videos this weekend. You go to the studio tonight for five hours, and it's like, holy shit, I'm super overwhelmed. And that's what's happened to me a lot over the last couple of years. So I'm just like, man, I just want to triple my prices and do way less. Like, I'd be happy doing one music video a week versus like three, four. And do you ever catch yours is, well, do you think it, things would be different if you didn't have a family? Do you think you'd still be all in all the time? Uh, yeah, honestly, cause yeah, yeah. I, I think, I don't know. It's cause I've been like this for a very long time. So my I feel like eight. it's almost, I feel like as an entrepreneur and, you know, a business owner, it's almost like a, an addiction sometimes because like yeah. you said, you don't want to, you don't want to turn down the money and then you're just like, Oh, I could do this. Huh? I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, it, I always have this like fine line between, I, I find myself explaining myself when I don't need to like very often to a lot of people in because I know once I give them the context to it, everything, they'll understand it. So even like, like with me raising my prices, like just since quarantine, my studio time has went up $25 an hour. So I know being them, if I was in their shoes, I'd be like, dude, what the fuck? So some of these people who I've been working with for five years, six years, and they were with me from when studio time was 25 an hour. Then I went to 35. Then I went from 35 to 40. Then when I went from 40 to 50, now going from 50 to 75 and maybe 75 to 100, that's a big fucking jump for these guys, you know? So it's, I find myself being in the studio and they're like, yo, when can I get in? When can I get in? When can I get in? And I'm like, all right. <sighs> okay. So here's what's going on right now, man. Uh, right now, you know, this is where you know, I'm doing these, like the, the one-on-one coaching calls are only a hundred dollars right now. And, and I haven't even had a chance to promote those because I was just constantly in the studio, in the studio, in the studio, shooting videos, editing videos. And still to this day, I haven't had the chance to even promote that. Like I have ideas for different cool ads and retargeting and all sorts of stuff with the coaching calls. And there's so many things that I just say, you know, 
put yourself in my shoes and then I'll explain it to them. They're like, yeah, man, I get it. And no, I'm not trying to go to no other studio. I'm comfortable with you. You know my sound. You know how to whatever. You are you mix fast. Like, I've been to some other studios. I don't want to go to another studio. So then I'm like, all right. With all of that being said, that leads us to, you know, the price going up today. And I'm still worth every dollar, you know, more than this. But it, the prices have went up. And, and you know why. And unfortunately, if, you know, you can't afford to adapt to what the new prices are, you know, there's a line of other people that, you know, are excited to pay the new prices. So... Do you find those type of conversations hard to have sometimes, especially if you've yeah. been developing an artist or, you know, almost become friends with them? Exactly. Exactly. Just the last part, becoming friends with them. You know, like a lot of these artists, um, like one of them has been coming to my studio on and off for like eight years. You know, there's another one where I, I've shot a music video for him almost every single month for like two and a half to three years like 30 something music videos over a span of two and a half to three years and um you know w when they met me and started getting three four hundred dollar music videos and then when we're fast forward to like two thousand dollar music videos today that's a big fucking jump and so in their head they're thinking like man i was getting a video every single month if the price goes up to this and i still wanted to do a music video then maybe I can only do a video every four months or so. So in their head, they feel like they're taking a step back. And so it's just explaining like, hey, man, maybe for some of these songs, you know, go with one of the other guys out there that are pretty good that charge three, four, five hundred dollars. Maybe get one of those guys for some of the in-between videos and still come to me for like the more special, the important ones, like the one where you're like, I fucking love this song. I really want a great video for this. Like, come to me for that one. But all the in-between ones that you used to have me do, maybe give the other, the cheaper, the more affordable guys, you know, a chance on those. Hmm. And to me, I don't know. I And this is me knowing nothing about what it costs to for studio time and things like that. But when I think of studio time, I think these big elaborate studios and I've been to a couple here in the Atlanta area but I can only right. imagine what their rates are so by you have it depending on how many hours and stuff I mean is the, I feel like that's way more affordable than if they were to go to some you know label that owns a studio yeah my favorite people to work with are guys that have been around that have been to that so once they meet me it's like hmm then they appreciate it so much more. I have a lot of people who are spoiled because they've only worked with me. So they don't know those other studios out there like that. Or they haven't been around the camera guy that charges $20,000 a music video. They haven't been around that. So they're more sheltered and, and you know, spoiled by by me. Hmm. And that, and, and that's the thing, man. And all this hard work that you do, I mean, you've been crushing it like you said you've got so many side hustles so many businesses uh and the hard work definitely pays off because if i uh my memory serves me correctly you recently had a shoe company uh reach out to you and uh i think people have heard of it before yeah yeah so reebok i just got uh reached out by them yesterday and and honestly so i would say prior to quarantine 
my life completely revolved around artist so every single day it was and still to today you know it is mostly that so so it is mostly artists like after this podcast i'm editing a me video it's a vlog of mine from uh tennessee nashville tennessee and chattanooga tennessee shooting music videos making beats and filming a wedding all in like one vlog behind the scenes and stuff so doing stuff for myself makes me very happy and that's one main thing that uh, I discovered during the quarantine because, yes, I love, you know, not having a boss and, you know, getting paid to shoot a music video for art. Like, all that stuff is awesome and it's fun and it's enjoyable. However, when you're doing your own, like, for you right now, this is your podcast. Like, being a guest on my podcast is still cool. However, when it's your podcast, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just even more special and exciting and enjoyable. But, uh, yeah, so I've, Jesus Christ, I get <laughs> sidetracked when I talk a lot. But, no, you're good, man. Um, yeah, with, with the company reaching out. So one thing that happened during quarantine was I got caught up on customer work didn't shoot any new music videos for about five weeks. So during that time, I started cranking out a lot of me videos where normally I would just get me in whenever I could fit me in. And during quarantine, it was like nothing but me shit. So every day I was filming new stuff for me, editing new stuff for me, posting new stuff for me. And just during that short amount of time, I seen my my YouTube subscribers, and prior to this, you know, this isn't much, but my YouTube was only growing about a hundred subscribers a month or so, maybe 150, 100, 150, 100, you know, different months. And then the first month of quarantine, it went up 250 subscribers. So I'm like, oh, this is a a jump. And I noticed that I posted twice as many videos as I used to. I I might have used to only post a video every 10 days to two weeks, whenever I could really just squeeze one in there and uh during quarantine i started doing one or two videos a week i had the time to do it so i was doing it and then the next month it went from 250 to 500 subscribers and then the next month it went from 500 to almost 700 and then right now i'm at on pace to be at about 12 to 1300 subscribers in the last month so this all happened in the last four months because i i was making me more of a priority in in uh yeah, just putting more time into that. So, with that being said, over the last few months, I've gotten a lot of emails from different companies, you know, that want to pay to, you know, do, run a 30-second ad at the beginning or the middle of your video. And, uh, yeah, one of the recent things was was Reebok about uh, some Reebok classics, sending me a pair and give me full creative control to incorporate those in one of my future videos and then do an Instagram story for them. So, it, it just goes to show you, like, I'm holding myself back. This was going back prior to this with the conversations with me explaining myself too much to customers. So one thing I was telling them is like, yo, I'm holding myself back. I I know you guys might not understand it, but for me to sit in this studio for however many hours a day at 50 or $75 an hour, I'm selling myself short and I'm holding myself back. And a lot of people won't understand that because they'll be like, dude, $50 an hour 10 hours a day, eight hours a day, or $75 or $75 an hour, eight, 10 hours a day. Like, dude, that's a lot of money. What do you mean you're holding yourself back? And it's like, no, 
there's thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars of opportunities out there that I can do, that I have put myself in a position to achieve and get. I want to spend my time doing that. That's like the big money, big dog power move stuff. And yes, studio time, hourly rate, that's all cool. And this will always be there. But with the brand companies and stuff. And so, so I just know as I continue to put even more time and energy into my own stuff, my own social media content, uh, you know, YouTube content, podcast, things like that. And uh, even more brand opportunities and stuff will, will come because if I pictured what is a happy day for me five years from now, I don't see myself doing a whole lot of customer like one-on-one work you know i think a lot of guys like so how i found your podcast was creative ryan and how i found creative ryan it seemed like he was always shooting you know customer music videos and just i don't know exactly what he's got going on but from the outside looking in he seemed to have evolved into more focused on himself his own Mm -hmm. brand and then that's drawing companies to you know reach out to him to do stuff for them so it's like that's the I guess the goal of mine is to, you know, set up these businesses and stuff, uh, where, like like with my studio, Crack House Recording Studio, I realized that I may not have to be the guy that's sitting in the chair, all day, to still bring people in there. So like the last time I was in Atlanta, I was at Sunny Digital's studio, but Sunny Digital wasn't there. That was his studio though, so it was still cool to me being there this is his studio how cool would it be if sunny digital happened to be here today and i got to meet him well the last like 10 15 minutes that i was there door opens he pops his head in says what's up to everyone you know i I got to meet him for a second took a picture i was like yo that's that's my five-year goal honestly it's going to be about six months from now but that's my goal for the studio, you know, like, I don't want to be the guy that's sitting there all day. Um, I want to be the owner of the studio and, and the brand behind it, like Crackalack Studio. Oh, yeah, it's nice. It's dope. It's pretty. It's cool. It's good quality. And anyone that works there is good because they're getting that Crackalack stamp of approval. Hmm. And if you and being in Michigan, have you and I I can't remember what, what the interview was. I think it was just like a clip on somebody who had worked with Eminem and uh and his workflow. He literally treats it like a nine to five. Like he basically goes in there, works from nine to five, takes a lunch, and then just comes back the next day. Have you ever seen anything? Have you heard that he does stuff like that? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was an Akon interview. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it was. With him, and and Eminem was almost done with his verse, and was like, "All right, man, I'll be back tomorrow." And he's like, "What are you talking about?" And it's like, "It's it's five. Like, yep, I'll be back tomorrow." And he was like, "Sure enough, the next day, like nine o'clock, he came back, he finished it." But uh, I don't. I think that I'm light years away from that. Just. Well, I mean, the reason I asked is because is that kind of, and I'm so glad you do what I was talking about. Um, is do you eventually want to get to that point? Um. Yeah. Or is that, or is that your style? Yeah, that's a good. That's probably the best question I've ever been asked. I don't know, honestly. I I know as of today, I just have so much that I want to do and so much that I want out of life, and I understand that like working 
goes hand in hand with the wants. So if you have a lot of wants, you got to put in a lot of work. And so I don't have these things that I want, but I know the type of person I am. And once I have those, I'm going to like want more and then want more. And yeah, I, I don't know. Cause I'm, I'm learning a lot about delegating, you know, so like building a team and, and putting people in places to help you. And, you know, so I guess over the years as my income goes up and then I can afford to delegate more things to have people take care of those things that I don't have to worry about those things. I could have more downtime. Yeah. I'll just it, see. Yeah. Would you say, would you say, you know, delegating, especially as a creative is a extremely hard thing to do? Yeah. Cause it's, it's like a double edged sword. So, the great side is you have someone to do that for you. Like you don't got to worry about it. Awesome. Fantastic. You can focus on other things. The The bad side is you're used to doing it how you want it your way. They're not going to do it exactly how you want it. So it's like you have to um, be in picky too. So with me, eventually, yes, having someone edit videos for me, like a, a editor, I could put out way more videos however part of like my style and what makes me me is my editing style so i don't see how i could do that and this is the same thing with the studio i knew that you know before having other people do it it was like so a year ago was it a year so about a year and a half ago i used to not have a, a website for my studio so every single person that ever recorded in my studio, this is like an everyday thing, would contact me directly, and then I would just tell them what I had available. They'd show up, they'd you know pay. Um, so yeah, everyone had to contact me. So you had to know me. So I took that as you know you want me to record and mix your songs. So it's the way I do it that is bringing you here. You're not just looking for a studio. You want Crackalack to record and mix your songs. Well, about a year and a f year and a half ago, I finally launched my website for my studio. I started noticing some people that came to the studio that didn't know who I was. It was more so they just found a studio on Google and they were here for a studio, not for me. Hmm. And uh, so once that started happening, I'm like, oh shit, I'm I know that I'm busy as fuck. I always, you know, people always tell me. Why are you still doing studio sessions when you can be making thousands of dollars doing videos or, you know, if you focused on beats, hundreds to thousands of dollars doing that? It's like, well, you know, everyone that comes to my studio, they want me to record Mixer song. Well, once I started seeing more and more new customers that found me on Google and didn't know who I was, that's when it was like, OK, yep, yep, yep. I, I, I can hire some people to do some sessions, put them in a position to quit their job and, you know, do recording and mixing and uh yeah so during quarantine that was when i finally had time to figure out how the hell to hire people and uh add them to my website let people book them and since then like a lot of things in life it's like you overthink them a lot and then once it finally happens you're like holy shit why didn't i do this five years ago why didn't i do this two years ago because that's how it is now where it's only been two months of having two guys there so now 
instead of me being available seven days a week, I'm only there Tuesday and Thursday from seven to midnight. So five hours Tuesday, five hours Thursday. I used to be available fucking all the time and I could never keep up with the demand. The demand would always be 40 hours a week, 60 hours a week. And I would never want to do 40 hours of fucking studio time because I do all of the other side hustle, side hustle, side hustles. And those, it's not like they were just some small side hustle. These are like, you know, a lot of money side hustles that require a lot of time. So it's like having seven part-time jobs, you know? And, uh, yeah, so only after two months of having two guys at the studio, both of them are booked at full capacity. So now I'm shopping for buildings where I'm like, okay, I have one studio and it's booked at capacity. And I haven't even like started trying to even promote it. Like just word of mouth and the clientele that I had. I need to have three studios so I can have, you know, four more guys that I can hire to do studio sessions. And yeah, Crack House Recording Studio is the go-to spot to get your quality good. It's a pretty looking studio. So yeah, I need to take that same model and concept, buy a bigger place, put three studios in there. That's that's smart business entrepreneur type shit. And that's all what's happening, you know, hopefully by the end of this year. You know, I purchased a building because I'm going from renting a suite to buying a building. And uh, if I would have told you a year ago that I was even having this conversation, that's, you know, buying a building is that's a big deal. Yeah, uh, I can't imagine the research and YouTube. Uh, I always tell Man. people like go to YouTube for everything. So I can only imagine uh what your YouTube history would be like if you went through it. But, um, so out of all these side hustles you do have though, if you had to just do two of them, what would you do? Uh, videography and beats. Yeah. Um, so beats is something. So what's cool too is how the first half of this podcast was about me being a music producer Honestly, over the last two years, being a mu music producer has been the last priority. So I'm still, you know, there's artists that know that I make beats that will say, hey, man, I want to get a beat made by you. So they'll specifically schedule a studio day where I'll make a beat right then and there in front of them and they'll buy it. But as far as I used to sell a lot of beats online with, with I have the crackerlikebeats.com. And that was a big thing of mine. And it was just kind of. As I've evolved in, you know, these side hustles and businesses like videography, shooting music videos, um, doing some weddings, commercials, things like that has took the top spot as like the most in demand. And, and it makes the most sense financially right now, where if, if I had to schedule my own week, but take myself out of my own body and put like a boss hat on and be like, crack a leg, this is what you need to be doing uh, yeah, we got to get these guys. We need three more studios, six more engineers. Um, the same with the CD duplication. I'm still doing that in my basement. And I did an experiment where I haven't really run a lot of ads for the CD duplication company and promoted it much because it was always like, ah, it's a good problem to have because I can't promote that business because it will work. And once it works, it's going to need more of my time. And I don't have the time, so I'm not going to promote that business. I'll just not promote it at all. And from not promoting it, 
the people that just organically place an order every single day, that's already enough. Like, that's already keeping me super fucking busy. So I'm not promoting that. And that's a bad thing to have. So during quarantine, when I knew my studio was closed and I wasn't shooting music videos for a good month, I'm like, hey, you know, let me start running some $5 a day, $10 a day ads on, on Facebook. You know, that's another thing that I've gotten good at is marketing and stuff. So I did $5 a day. And, and prior to this, you know, let, let's say the average CD order is the minimum is $100, 100 copies. And, and most people only order 100 copies. Some people order 200, 300. Once in a while, you get a guy to order 500 or 1,000. Um, and I was only getting maybe one or two orders a day. So the first day I did $5 a day and I got four orders. So I'm like, oh shit, you know, I just spent five bucks and got $400 worth of orders. Now that's not my net, that's the gross. Mm -hmm. um, the, the net's about half of that, but I'm like, that's $5. All right. The next day I only got like one order. The next day I got eight orders. I'm like, holy shit. That just shows me that I have this business sitting there that's a gold mine that I need a space to put this because i can't hire people because it's in my basement so that's part of me buying a building too is I'm, i need a space for cd duplication where i can hire two to three employees put them in there and then instead of me experimenting and seeing that it works knowing that it works at five dollars a day ten dollars a day like i should be spending like i would be happy to spend a hundred dollars a day or more like you know on ads knowing that if five or ten dollars a day can bring in four to ten orders Yes, I should be getting 50 or 100 orders a day or 1,000 orders a day. That's, you know, crazy to think. So that's also what, what's next is getting the space, putting the employees in there, promoting that business. Like, I, there's just so much stuff you can do with selling beats online. So I'm trying to set these businesses up where it'll free my time up so I can get back to making beats. Like, right now, if someone's like, hey, bro, how much for a beat? It's like, dude, I don't even make beats. Like, it's been so long since I've made a beat. All I'm doing is shooting videos, editing videos, doing my own YouTube content. I do about 10 hours of studio time a week. Business stuff, tax stuff, CD duplication. Like, at the end of the day, w if there is any time left, like, I'm probably not going to make a beat. And I don't like that. I should be making beats for at least one to two hours a day. So I have to buy my time back and be like, okay, what, what's something that I do every day for two to three hours? Uh, well, I know I do CD duplication for about two hours a day. And that's just a straight up labor job. Like that's just sitting there, pick up a CD, put in a case, close it. Pick up a CD, put in a case, close it. Pack, print out a shipping label, take it to the post office. That's something that I do every single day. Well, if, if I paid someone... 10 11 12 dollars an hour to, to do those things for me i can focus my time on making beats how you were talking about earlier like of evaluating profits and you know y y your time that goes to that well i could pay someone 10 11 12 even 15 dollars an hour to do handle that cd duplication for a couple hours now what do i do with those couple hours i get back well i could make three four beats in those in that time well, how much would you sell the beats for? Three, four, five hundred dollars. Do do I know that the clientele is there, ready and willing to buy some beats? Fuck yes, they're waiting. It's been a long time since I've been cranking out a lot of new beats. Okay, that's you know, if you put the boss hat on, it's like yeah, crack it like we need to get you making beats for two hours a day. Like, what do we have to put in place to free up two hours of your life a day? 
we need you making beats. That's There's a lot of money right there. We need you making beats two hours a day. So that's what I feel like I'm about a month to two months away from is having that time to make beats every day. Well, once I have time to make beats every day, I'll have, I'll put out, you know, I'm a YouTuber. I'm going to turn the camera on. I'm going to be filming a lot of me making these beats every day. So I'm going to get more content out of it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like a win-win situation. And so collabing with other producers, you know, that you meet through social media, there's a lot of producers that I've networked with and met and started to build relationships with that are on deck. They do the beat shit. They see that I do a lot of music video, videography stuff. So they're kind of just on hold until I start making beats. And would you say making beats, if you had to narrow it down to one thing you did all day, every day, would you say it would be beats? Um, I would say my perfect day would be, I guess, similar to like how you said with Eminem working nine to five in my eight hours would consist of every day. I would do some sort of filming content, whether it's a vlog, a tutorial, some sort of content filming. I would make beats for a few hours every day. I'd be editing those videos and posting them. Um, and then I would say every weekend, that's when I would like to shoot the music videos. And that's kind of where I'm getting to now, where every single Saturday and Sunday I have a music video. But it's just crazy to think and see that even after, like, raising your prices, where, like, that people are still, like, ready to do that. It's kind of like if McDonald's went over their margins and started instead of two dollars for the cheeseburger it was like you know what it's four dollars and so they test the waters and then they're selling exactly the same amount of cheeseburgers at four dollars then they're getting overwhelmed or let's say they can't keep up with the the supply so they have to raise their price and they go to six dollars and then they're still selling the exact same amount of cheeseburgers they're like you know so eventually you know you just keep raising that price to to meet the you know the supply and demand and and do no i totally agree and you know i could talk about this stuff all day man but uh yeah. one of my my last question to you is if somebody came up to you and was like man i see you doing all this i see you have all this high you know you've done all these side hustles you've mastered that what do i need to do to find my side hustle um, I would think, I would say it, it goes to what are you already doing? And then what are other common problems that go along with that? So for me, what I'm trying to do is the hybrid approach where there's a lot of guys that you would see out there that it's like their thing is beats. That's what they do is beats. And then there's a lot of guys that their thing is recording and mixing. They're the engineer guy. Then there's a lot of guys that are videographers. It's very rare to find um, a hybrid. I call myself a hot pink unicorn where there's a guy that does a lot of different things and then is actually good at those different things. And so for me, what I tell people is getting the customer is the hardest thing. So once you already have an artist, let's say we're talking about a rapper that is interested in beats. Like 
a perfect side hustle would be starting a studio or learning how to record a mix song because once he gets that beat from you, now he's got to find a place to go and pay to record and get that song mixed. Like if you could be that guy too, now you have two businesses and just thinking of what does a rapper need? You know, a rapper needs beats. They need a studio. They need a videographer. They need a photographer. They need marketing. They need graphic designer. Shit, just, you know, start thinking of all the things that go with what the customer needs. Awesome, man. No, no, it does. It does. And where can uh, people find you online? Yep, so my YouTube channel is Crackalike TV. On Instagram, it's Cracka underscore Lack. I'm on Facebook, Crackalike. And then Twitter, uh, Crackalike. All right, man, and I'll put all those links in the description, but I just wanted to thank you so much for uh, taking your time to talk with me today. I really appreciate it. Man, thank you. I appreciate you for having me on here. Absolutely, man. All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it, and I would love your help. This podcast is brand new, so I need all the help I can get. If you would, just subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating. I really, really would appreciate it. And last but not least, I got a little something for you. For the last 10 years, I have been writing, shooting, producing, editing my own video to get my dream job as an entertainment reporter in Los Angeles interviewing the stars. Now, that might not be your dream, but if you are in this industry and you are in this field, you are going to need to learn how to write, shoot, and edit, produce your own content. And now I want to personally train you on these skills so you can create your own journey and make money while doing so. So what I want you to do now is log on to Facebook and request to be in my private Facebook group, On Camera Professionals. Once again, it is called On Camera Professionals. But wait, Thomas, I really like your stuff. I really want to learn from you, but I don't want to be on camera. Don't worry. I got you covered. In this group, I'm going to be doing a live training, so that means live tips and tricks. I'm going to do giveaways, freebies, and I'm also going to do personalized training. So once again, log on to Facebook and type in On Camera Professionals, and I'll see you there.